Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. What a mess. Checking my own show today, but you know what? This man's got my back. This is Timmy B, MMA baby, from the Fight and Sight Podcast. The episode starts right now. We don't have to do any chronology. We could be chrono- chronologically awkward. We could start present the past because the last month has been a lot of fun, right? You got O'Malley against Aljamain. I'm rich. Huh? I'm rich. Yes. <laughs> I'm making money. I'm making money hand over fist, my friend. Just, That's all I know. Just talking about it. <laughs> six times. No, no, no. Six times betting odds yeah. on uh, Sean Strickland yeah. this weekend. Seven to one. Huge odds. He was seven oh, to one. I got it. God damn, I got it at six to one, but I cashed in at six to one. So that's all right. You know what? That's like saying, man, you know, I I have, I only got the mansion and I don't have like the whole estate. I think we're good. Yeah. Right. I only, I have got, I only got three the Lexus Lamborghinis, when I but I got space for a fourth. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my garage, bitches? Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about, actually, since we're on that subject, right? Um, and it is the most recent. Let me get a little mic here. Um, since it's the most recent, I guess the first question is: Let's talk from Let's talk from an MMA purist perspective first. How mm. did that happen? How did that happen? I want you to go first because I got a lot to unpack about. You this. want me to? You want me to? You want me to hypothesize with my great intellect why Sean won? Yeah, let's talk. You can go. You can approach it from the strategic. Um, you could approach it from. I'm the going at it from approach. the mental, man. Yeah, let's I'm do going it. at it from the mental. That dude is insane, <laughs> Sean Strickland. He's a lunatic, right? Uh, we all know that he self-professes it. He's a lunatic, but he has innate confidence. Very, very confident. He's very rugged, very tough, and uh, I think he got into Izzy's head. I think the months long of you know calling him the chinese champion commenting on his manicured fingernails commenting on his frosted hair i think over time that really soaked into izzy and i think you saw it at the early press conference Mm -hmm. um i noticed that the odds for sean started getting better and better after that press conference. I think a lot of people probably watched that press conference and saw the confidence in Sean, saw Izzy kind of sitting there with his glasses and hat on, really looking down, not engaging too much. If anything, he was picking a fight with Manel Cape, who's like, you know, 70 it's, pounds. It's his like, junior. really? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 think he, I, think he, I think he was lost mentally, man. Yeah. And you got to remember, this is a guy who's coming off you know, he was one and one in his last two. He got knocked out by Alex Pereira, which probably beat down his confidence. Then he he gets the rematch and wins, but then he's going up against this guy who some will say deservedly he didn't really deserve that title shot because of, you know, Sean Strickland hasn't beaten all the top guys. But at this level in the game, you can't count anyone out. There could be a guy that comes off the contender series and can beat Israel Adesanya. You don't know who's out there in the world, right? right. Yeah. And Sean's just a tough guy. But I think it was the mental game, man. I think that I think the mental game was really uh, big. I, that's what I was counting on. That's why I laid the bet down because I'm like, no, man, this guy's been going on a PR campaign to, you know, disrupt and dismantle Izzy's mental game. It was I- very interesting. There was a his coach. Uh, was quoted by saying for Sean to win this fight, this is Sean's coach. 
oh, okay. was quoted as was quoted as saying, "For Sean to win the fight, Sean has to do everything right, and Izzy has to get some stuff wrong." Like that's how even not confident like his own coaches were. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, they knew no, they had to play Sean, the perfect fight, and even then, it the wasn't perfect. a guarantee. Right. That's right, and that's yeah. crazy for you to think at this level in the game. Yeah. When you're going for a championship, you better think like, "No, I'm going to kill this guy." But the, even they were like very hesitant, but I don't know. I saw him in and I think it was the mental game. And that's why Izzy couldn't get off. He gets rocked so bad in that first. Right. Well, let me tell you something, because there's nothing really to debate on the mental aspect of that. I mean, you're basically Eminem from 8 Mile. You basically every, said everything I was about to say before before I said it. If you remember the end of that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah, guy yeah. in the motherfucking MC, I know everything he's about <laughs> to say against me. <laughs> I got Eminem. I got Eminem from 8 Mile by Timothy B. So allow me to, to weasel my way into the physical part and the strategic part, okay? If you watch Israel Adesanya's most successful fights, at no point is he not dominating, uh, uh, or he's right. not necessarily do not dominating the center of the octagon, but at no point do you ever see him circling constantly with his back like six inches from the cage, right? Yeah. And yeah. he's got, I, I mean, I don't know if he has a significantly uh, reach, a uh, heightened reach advantage over most of his opponents, but I know his reach is long enough. But moreover, we both know as MMA purists, he, he knows how to use it, right? Yeah, he, yeah. There are guys who probably have a, like I thought, um, who's the um, the 185 guy who dyed his hair blonde? I forgot his name, black guy, I forgot his name. Um, Derek Brunson? Derek Brunson. He's got a yeah. longer reach than Israel, but Israel just absolutely yeah. sniped him. It just it made it look like a mismatch. I did two guys. Yeah. It, was, it looked like two different sports. So from a strategic part, if you looked at all five rounds, at no time did, did um, Strickland give Israel any part of that inside circle of the octagon. You know that little no. inside circle? Dude. Go ahead, take over. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and and you're right. It's different if you're the guy that likes to be on the outside and likes to circle around. Mm -hmm. I train in mixed martial arts, and when I would spar, that's me. Like I always like being along the outside, dancing around the outside because I'm I'm six foot three, so I like having my long reach, always keeping people at bay, right? But there's this one guy that I would train with. Shout out to Jackson if he's watching this podcast. Hello, Jackson. This guy's a son of a bitch, man. He would do exactly what Sean does. And he's tall like me, but he doesn't stay on the outside. He just walks at you the whole time. And you're like, what the hell? And like you try to get away. It is frustrating as hell. And and I've never seen Izzy put in that situation where he's just constantly being backed up. He can't, you, you have no second to reset. You can't even breathe. You know what I mean? If you notice, you watch Sean during that fight. And constantly, Sean, if, if you're watching on uh, video, Sean would constantly go, like he'd be touching his face. Like there'd be little pauses with Sean where he would like kind of like brush his chin or something. Like he's doing these weird, not weird things, but these little things that he must have, these little idiosyncrasies. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean. But he would always have time to do it mm -hmm. because he's the guy pushing. But Izzy never had even a moment to like, shake out his arms or like wiggle or anything right like yeah because he's constantly being pushed it, it, insane it and if you look you looked at all of his losses and the, and the and the cool thing is all of his losses is a pretty small sample size right we're talking yuri prohaska yeah. i'm not yuri prohaska um jan blakovich on the yeah. 205 right um and you look at alex pajeda um i'll use Blah blakovich as more of an example constant pressure mm -hmm. 
all five rounds in his face with the ability to wrestle too is that I made the situation even worse right because once yeah, yeah. you you got a guy from an, uh, a higher weight class who has some uh, superior wrestling uh, that can get his hands on you because you have nowhere to back up from so so yeah. there there was already kind of a mini blueprint but you know Israel's got like these skinny arms and these skinny legs but yet his precision is so good his one punch knockout power or his one punch power like he slept dude the dude slept Pajeda. I mean, Pajeda was out kind of on his way down. I mean, just in my opinion, we both, you know, you trained it. I watched it. Um, and I'll defer more to you than me on that one. But it was cool to see someone actually have a game plan and follow the blueprint. Most of all, someone like Strickland, who um, offers the illusion of, oh, I don't give a crap. I'm just going to go in there and knock his head off. I'm going to knock his I'm going to knock the Chinese hat off his head. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. one of those things where uh, you, uh, I it goes back to the mental thing. It's like this guy's gonna come in and I'm gonna nail him because he thinks he's so good and I'm gonna show him he's not. And, and Sean is like, "Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha." The fact, the, fact, the, fact that, the fact that Sean brought his Sifu to the events and was, like was pointing him out and then playing up the Chinese angle. Now, mind you, before this goes off the rails too bad, I am, my dad is from Hong Kong. So okay. just watch it, you know, yeah. watch it. I, I, and I'm from a different but, country too. I'm from Brooklyn. Uh, so we're all, we're, uh, we're okay. all friends here. <laughs> so I'll, I'll save all my Brooklyn uh, slander for another podcast. But like when you see Izzy doing that and playing into it, I'm like, mm-mm. Right. We had on our on our show, we had very early days, we had a world renowned body language expert and um, he came on and he talked about the importance for fighters or for anybody that when you want to continue success, you really need to look back at what made you successful in the past and continue it. And with fighters, he was talking about, you know, you'll see fighters wear the same things or have the same music or eat the same meals like a lot. Of, it's not superstition. No, it's, it's every just, sport. Hey, this is what this is what brought you to success. It's every sport. And so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And so when you see when you see Sean do this and suddenly play up this Chinese angle, bring in his seafood to the event and point him out in the crowd and do these things. It was off. It did not fit. And then we see the result. Yeah, no doubt. And I would also like to point out, um, like I said, in the middle of, of your, your beautiful soliloquy slash diatribe, that you look at tennis, right? You got Nadal like picking his picking his in his behind right <laughs> pulling his underwear out of his shorts like once every two volleys and this and that yes my man I'm yes. holding up a tennis trophy this is from uh, 1993 nice champ yeah, stuff yeah champ stuff look today's podcast is about you I could go on camera for but like my guests already know that I'm this former um I'm a former like indoor savage for for indoor volleyball moved to California nice. um seven years ago and and everything I'm in coaching and commentating is exclusively beach and the reason Sweet. why I'm happy to have you on the podcast is I was thinking about switching over to MMA I have old uh, Mark Romundi Mark Romundi is an old friend of mine who by the okay. way covered New York volleyball for the New York Post before he he just leapt in leapt into MMA full time. So it is a little little fun fact about him. But he and I talked a lot and this is you know, beach volleyball is a weird sport. Like you had the Manhattan Beach, you had the Chicago Open, it's nostalgic and then Monday happens and then it's like Okay, where is it? What just happened? Where where <laughs> MMA is this? This there's no off season. It's cyclical all year. You know, right? Um, That's the thing. You know, no so. off season. Mm -hmm. You can go. You know, ask my wife. I can go. You know, a year straight mm -hmm. with every weekend. There's fights to watch. Right? Yep. It is crazy. I mean, and that you know, 
aside from the UFC. If UFC for some reason has a break, I got other stuff to to, to watch, right? Yeah. Like there's other leagues all around the world. Yep, there is. Bellator is, I mean, Bellator has been doing a really good job making sure people get paid up front, but it's weird. You see more decisions when people get their bonus money up front. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like yeah, all right, I'm thinking in terms of winning, where you know, I mean, sometimes the starvation wage thing works for you because this dude's trying to knock someone out for his 50k, you know. So exactly. Pick yeah. pick that up for me. You have a thought with uh, with getting paid and just getting paid all your fee up front rather than show and win. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a new yeah, arc, I, that's a new discussion that no one's. I think we might be the first ones. We might be the first, first MMA people no, to talk about yeah, that. Do, Dude, I don't like it. I don't like yeah. I don't like when you give someone uh, all their money up front. You're right, because I think there's too many opportunities for someone to sandbag it right. and just dial it in and go, you know, I'm already getting all my money. All right. See you later. Right. That's why there's all that uh, question around Ben Askren fighting Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fighting Jake Paul, like any, or well, let's just say anybody fighting a Paul brother. Right. Right. Yeah. Are any of these guys really trying? Because Nate Diaz didn't throw one hard punch that whole fight, right? No. Tyron Woodley doesn't throw any hard punches. Anderson Silva, maybe, but you got to think, if I've already been paid $2 million to step into this fight, what's my motivation to win, Yeah, right? Like what? if you're a retired fighter or whatever, and you don't have a lot of motivation, I don't know, man, I don't like it. I like you gunning for that win. I like you gunning for that extra money. People are going to complain about fighter pay and all that. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about that, and, and I often do. But nah, no, I, I think the win bonus is the way to go if you're trying to encourage right. the best fights, right? As far as best fights are concerned, would, would, would Silva not be in that same category as Woodley and, As and Askren? I mean, if you watch Silva's boxing matches, he really, he really, he you know, it didn't look like he was phoning it in and he did score no. victories, right? His, his yeah. He, I enjoyed watching him knock out Tito. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul was the one Paul brother fight that I thought for sure was right. real. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I like that. It's very well. <sighs> I, said. I think. I think his was probably the most real. But then, if you look back at all the things that were interchanged there on that fight, where pre-fight Jake Paul said, "If you win, you help me part of this fighter union thing," and blah blah blah. There was a little bit too much stuff. Mm -hmm. that was like oh okay this is really set up for jake paul to win because then now he gets anderson silva in this group and anderson silva could go back to daddy dana white and go whoa whoa, whoa sorry i lost a bet i gotta help mm -hmm. this guy out on this right like <laughs> i don't know man and don't bring crap, paul soros to translate the man speaks yeah. like like chael yeah. sonnen said the man speaks the queen's english why are you why are you letting everybody fool you yeah. like that you you could you could replace Soros with an app for 499 it was that was a, a chael sonnen quote i don't know if you remember that yeah. that was yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. dude um, uncle chael is the greatest what are you talking we about we could spend yeah. a whole hour on chael but uh, what i want to do before we jump on is so much other just fun things about mixed martial arts in all facets. Um, there's two things I wanted to touch on. What you said before, Bellator. Yeah. Um, there are more decisions now than finishes since 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 the contract structure. I would do a 30 second skip, right? Because I have I still I'm still one of the idiots that still has, has cable. So yeah, yeah. someone's pressed against the cage, right? And when someone's when this cage action, we're both MMA guys. We know we're look. They're looking for a single leg. They're looking for slips. They might they they might be guarding their face yeah. against uppercuts. So there's so many things going on. But I go to Bellator and there's two guys against the cage, right? I do a 30 second skip. 
it's the same position. I do a 30 second skip. I did like four 30 second skips. And, and I'm like, referee, this isn't a staring contest. Please, please save Bellator from themselves. You got to just break them. And, let, you know, because it's weird. Uh, it's, I wanted to touch it, on it's, that. It's hard. Mm -hmm. No, it, it's really hard, man. I don't know whether it's the organization that tells the referee. Because remember, the referees are placed there by the commission, by the athletic commission of the state that they're in. Right. Technically, they're not Bellator employees or whatever. That's why you see the same referees at, at both events, right? Mm -hmm. But could the... Could the um, promotion or the promoter say hey we want you to let these fights go against the cage a little bit longer or whatever i mean i don't know the, the point to why you would do that it definitely puts out a more boring product right i i really think it comes because there's no the activity like we're purists so we have it, we so have no problem we have no problem with people against the cage you and me no problem because yeah. we're looking for things but i i'm i'm skipping sorry yeah, ahead, the difficulty too is the star power, right? And yeah. it's, I don't know, like when you're watching a Bellator card, it's hard. They, they have stars, they have up and coming stars, and they have solidified stars. But a lot of a card you can watch, you don't know either guy or girl, right? right? Like, no offense. Um, it's for so, purists only. It, it could be the quality of the fighters as well, you know? Um, it could be the quality of the fighters that... What are they going to do? But I don't know. It's, it's Bellator is a tough product. Doesn't matter. Bellator is sold. There's right. no more Bellator after Bellator 300. That's my call. Yeah, I think. Um, and that's too bad because, like you said, there is some talent there and there is some uppercomings and there, there yeah. is some promise there. Uh, um, so, uh, um, well, speak, we had. I, 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 I guess speak for, for you and me that that'd be sad. <laughs> Just maybe for us, maybe not for the casuals. No, or, you know? it's, it's sad for a multitude of reasons. Uh, but one thing that I think when people keep saying, like, well, PFL is buying Bellator and then they're going to disband Bellator or whatever, right? right? I think one of the real bad things is that competition breeds success. Competition yes. breeds improvement. If the number, I mean, I don't even know what league PFL is, but are they number four? I mean, when you rank organizations, they could, in my mind, PFL is either number four or number five. Right. And they go out and buy the number three guy, maybe mm -hmm. number three, maybe number four. I don't know where Bellator is. You're buying up those lower level pro organizations, which means fighters have less places to sign a contract to. Right. Right. Yep. Like now I don't have two places to go to. I only have one. You have less fights to put on just because PFL buys belt or what? They're not going to put on two events. They're not going to put double the events on. It doesn't make sense. Mm, you're right. So you're, you're, so then. Well, the UFC fighters, did though. Fighters lose pay. The UFC did what? though, right? When the UFC purchased WWE, uh -huh. WEC, WEC, and when they purchased uh, Strike Force, um, their events went from like twenty a year to almost uh, what seems like thirty or close to forty. You know, um, did not, they though, I, or is that just a natural progression of just, their yeah. of their business? I don't yeah. know that it's because hey, because we bought WEC, we've now got to put on so much more. Right. But I, I don't There's know. also it, a risk a of an point. oversaturation situation too, right? Like uh, yeah. PFL keeping the same amount of shows would be a win. Like, but like you said, the fighters would lose on that. But the the I guess the fans would win because they can consolidate the best of the best, and and then yeah. and then the, like you said, the fighters have have to feel like they have to hit a a level two reset button when they're up to a level eight trying to get to level fifteen. So I kind of totally totally get yeah. that. That's the best well, way I know how to put that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just yeah I just think though we had a girl that we had been uh, watching Jenna Bishop hot star out okay. in california right mm -hmm. and uh when she was turning pro 
she had to decide what organization am I going to go to? And she ended up going to Bellator. The money was, she tells us the money was much better. The contract was more favorable. Like it was, she was able to wear her own clothing, right? She sponsored, she has her, her sponsorship for clothing. So everything worked out for her. Now, if PFL buys them, I'm just like, I hope you didn't piss off PFL while you're debating her contract. You know what I mean? Like, because imagine you're a Bellator person who had told PFL to go. Go kick rocks. Out. Yeah. <laughs> And then next thing they know, oh, guess who's back, baby, right? You, like, wait, you it's know, like, wait, you need them. something from me. <laughs> uh, I remember you. But yeah, so you don't know what's going to, like, I, I'm I'm a little bit nervous for people that might have been in a weird position there, right? Mm -hmm. I was actually going to do this, this whole thing live, um, but because... I came back from Aspen and I thought everything was okay. And I had like a live function for like Facebook and YouTube. We're going to just do this live and, and have the comment section light up. But man, yeah, yeah. Did, man, did I step in it? Hold on one second. Since I'm editing okay. anyway, let me make one more. So now here's the important question for we move on. What's next for, um, what's next for Israel Adesanya? He lost to Pajeda. He got yeah. the immediate rematch, right? When you get you have an mm -hmm. X amount of title defenses, that's almost that almost goes without saying, unless True. You're, you're, unless you're older, I got just starched and like psychologically didn't want to come back. But what's that, next for Israel? Well, yeah, if he didn't want that rematch, that's fine. Right. But to, I think I think if someone gets starched like Aldo did, it was very unfair to not give him a rematch. Thank like, you. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 Look, I thought it was. It would be more fair to give Aldo a rematch than Adesanya because Adesanya wasn't a fluke. He got he lost four rounds to zero, uh, uh, four rounds to one. Me, I had five zero. -oh. Uh, so so, it's it was more convincing yeah. loss to Adesanya than Aldo, where if he of didn't course. get caught, there are so many other lurking variables. Like he could he could no, no, kick no. Connor's legs no, out I... from under him for four rounds. So I agree no. with you in that respect. No, but okay, wait, hold on. We're talking about Adesanya now getting a rematch? Not Pajeda. Pajeda, he got caught. No, 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 I know. We're talking about... Now, is, sorry. yes. We're talking about, is he getting a rematch against Sean Strickland? Yes. What do you think? Anybody that says, anybody that says, is he deserves a rematch, you unfriend them right away. Yeah, lose, my, lose my number. <laughs> block them, right? Don't, don't, I don't care whether it's a family member or a friend, doesn't matter. You get rid of them out of your life because that person is obviously insane. Izzy will now, Izzy is now one and two in his last three. And to your point, got dominated that fight. If, no, if, no if it was flukes. a flash knockout, no if it was a flash knockout, if it was close, if it was a robbery, anything like that, mm. fine. Give him a, a second immediate rematch. But now you are crazy to say that. That would be insane. I, I was saying, I was posting it before the fight. I said, hey, when Sean wins, no immediate rematch. Mm. Right. And now people are posting like Dana White was coming out saying like, oh yeah, a rematch might be reasonable. I'm like, I have a, I have a cut and pasted response I've been posting on everyone's Instagram that just is, literally says F no, he's one and two and just lost four, four decisive rounds, unanimous decision on all judges scorecards. There's no way this guy gets an immediate rematch. No. It's so stupid if they do. And here's my thing. If you put Izzy back in the main event slot, right? For this rematch you're essentially discrediting sean's ability to draw an audience as well which i don't like because right. that means every middleweight championship always has izzy as a headliner where you're going to attribute pay-per-view bias to sean uh sorry to izzy 
I think you need to be let it be Sean versus anybody else, DDP being the most reasonable. Right. And then see how that sells. People yeah. keep saying they think that the UFC didn't want Sean as a champion, think that he's a lunatic, that he's, you know, that he's unappealing to the public. But dude is very appealing to the public. He's the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the generation right yeah, now, right? He's the except wanting to beat up your boss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he might. Who knows? He'll smash oh uh, Dana God. over the head with a bedpan. Dana but, gets stunned. Yeah, yeah. But he's, you know, he's the anti-hero. People are people are flocking to him. I've had more people message me that they've been buying Sean Strickland merchandise than I've ever had anybody buy anybody's merchandise. Whoa. Right? Those okay. Uh, Strickland for president T-shirts. Right uh no i think the guy's got a mass appeal and i think yeah give him the respect let's see if he can sell a pay-per-view and let's see if this guy can raise his stock but is he it makes no sense to me he, he just got slaughtered the only way i would i would say give his ears rematch is if after the match was over he's like i had a bad day this is an off day i want a rematch i want a rematch tomorrow instead he's like Oh, I want to go with my team. I want to chill with my team. I'm gonna go, my manager's gonna do the interview. You know, I'm gonna go chill, and I'm just like, this isn't he a guy. I, I, look, maybe I know you have to have a separation, otherwise because the losses hurt too much. If you can't find a way to compartmentalize, we're we're not machines. We're people. All right. Me as a volleyball coach, right, um, and a former player. The the playing thing was my. I'll give you an example. Just going back to my sport. Playing was an escapism for me for a long time, but when my escapism became my career, I needed something else to to do that allows me to come back and function at this like a mammal. All right, so I totally get where Israel's coming from. He needed to do something that allows him to come back and do his job like a mammal. But with that being said, the fans don't want to hear that at that moment. The fans want to hear, "I want an immediate rematch," or "The better man won and move on." That's that was his dichotomy, yeah. and he messed yeah. up. He missed it. He was a prisoner of the moment, you know. And he did give ownership of his loss, which is mm -hmm. is his way of saying no rematch. The better man won is saying no rematch. That's code for no rematch, dude. <laughs> yeah, until your manager pulls you aside and says, yo, do you want that extra million dollars? Because you better say that you had a busted shoulder or you ate a funny sandwich, right? Like, I'll do, I'll do it the New York way. Can I talk? Come here. Can I talk to you for a minute? Scumbag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's something, right? Like, uh, it, it's the same as Aljamain, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Aljo, when he lost to Sugar Sean, the immediate response was, ah, okay, ah, I lost, I lost. And pre-fight, it was, this is going to be my last fight at bantamweight, win or right. lose, I'm moving up a division and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to let my boyfriend, or sorry, my best friend, Marab, uh, get this title shot, Ooh, right? Oh, I would love that. <sighs> but then give it a few days, all of a sudden, Aljo's like, I want my rematch. And it's like, well, what about everything else you just said? Right? So we're right. in a weird spot. So we'll have to see what Izzy says over the next few days, mm -hmm. like give him some time to think about it, give his management time to put some stuff in his ear. Yep. Because really, what's he going to do? We've seen him fight higher weight competition did not go well, he gets weight bullied. So now what's going to happen, you've got to fight somebody. Um, the fight with DDP would make a beautiful number one contender fight because oh there's a God. story there. Yes. And that could high that could that could uh, headline a pay-per-view without a title on the line. You know he, what I mean? He, man, that versus CDP. so good, dude. He's so good. But but where are you going to put uh, Sean Strickland? He has to fight somebody. So maybe give, and it's un maybe give Ken and a rematch. 
Canon Year is not going to sell paper. Yeah, the story's not there, no. unfortunately. That's, right? Like, yeah. it's, I'm just I'm thinking more as a purist. I saw I saw right. Canon Year who has really good slips who didn't didn't necessarily yeah. have a reach advantage, not even a height thing, but managed to get in almost like Mike Tyson. I'm not exactly like, but like get in, duck in. Next thing you know, whoosh, he's got that Sagat from like Street Fighter thing. <laughs> you know, the fist gets a <laughs> yeah, little bit yeah. longer when Sean thinks he has room. You know, he can't reach me from here. Right. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? Back up. You know, so I like that. I, I'm well yeah. set. Um, so O'Malley. Yeah. Does O'Malley approach this whole thing like, I, th I want to fight as soon as I can, and as far as Sterling's concerned, sh you know, crap or get off the pot? You know, does he play it like that so he can move on? Uh, or is he too much into this whole, I finally reached here, I'm about this champ life, I want to chill for six months too. I wonder what, what his play is. Well, he said he, is it not Sugar Sean that said he wanted to fight by December, right? Yeah. Didn't he say he wanted December? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, look, you're the guy. But he's calling this. out Cheeto, and he's calling out Cheeto. Good. Because right? that'll he's sell. Gone, yeah, because there's a story there. Again, like for those that don't know, but those are two guys that fought before Sugar Sean lost, right? Yeah. No matter what Sugar Sean tells you his record is, he is not undefeated. He lost to Cheeto. That rematch makes sense it's a sellable fight the styles yeah. are good in the meantime yeah uh aljo god knows what he does marab's gonna keep sitting and then you've got Corey sandhagen and peter yawn those are all the other guys ahead of uh cheeto in the rankings. oh and tri and triple c give me a break triple wow. c doesn't belong in those rankings that's no, baloney get so, out of here with that nonsense i don't mind yeah. in, in, in reality even though i think it's so stupid and i would never support it Triple C versus Sugar Sean would be another fight that I would have liked to see. Mm -hmm. Actually, let, let's Triple C check can't win out. a fight. Yeah, I know, right? Let's check out. Let's go to camera four. I want to check out the Bantamweight rankings. Um, where are we? Yeah, Jamal it's uh, no, it's 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 Aljo Marab. Let's check it out. Here Triple we go. Triple C. This now this is Monday. This is probably going to change by Monday that, afternoon. Just like yes. I, just like I said, Aljo Marab Triple C. Yeah, and then you got Corey who. Wait, Triple C is Owen like what? Owen one in this division, right? <laughs> Did he is he one and one? It's 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 so stupid that he's even there. Give me a break. Yeah. Here's uh, what I want. Remember, these rankings are baloney. Here's what I want. Sugar Sean wants to fight in December, give him a rob. Marab beat everybody in front of him. He took care of his controllables. Um, and though Cheeto Vera is the one that, that'll that'll sell a pay-per-view because there is a story, right? Like Sean Sean said he got injured in that match, but that was a match he was getting his behind whipped anyway. And I don't I'm I don't know absent of the injury what was gonna happen, right? Cheeto Cheeto was on. He, Cheeto was his, the best version yeah, yeah, of himself. Yeah. And and no matter what anyone says, you and me gotta give Cheeto the rub on that. That's just a victory. That's a, that was a straight up butt whooping. But I like yeah. I do like like if he decides to fight Cheeto, I wouldn't say no to Aljamain re, 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 um, rematching Corey Sanhagen. I wouldn't mind Marab just wait until March, <laughs> you, you know, or maybe just I don't know. Did, did he fight Dominic Cruz already? Um, um, it's wow. No, you, okay. Umar Nurmagomedov. Oh my God, he's got another Russian fighter coming up. Look at that, dude. Look at that. Yeah. No, what you need here's here's what you need for Marab. You need Marab to get released by the UFC, right? And let Marab go fight in one FC. That's terrible. Him, no, it's not terrible because if this idiot won't fight 
Aljamain and these two are going to screw up the rankings. I don't like it. Like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of these two friends saying we're not going to, I get it. I get that two friends shouldn't fight each other. I'm not saying that right. they should fight one another, mm -hmm. but if you're the top two in the division, it makes things really weird for the promotion. I'm and I to... feel like UFC should take the opportunity. You trade Marab. Go mm. trade Marab to one FC for another person. They've traded before when it right. happened with DJ and Askren, right? Take this opportunity to go, hey, you two don't want this here. Maybe Aljo wants to go to one FC, whatever. That's fine. But talk to them behind closed doors and say, hey, which one of you would prefer to go to one FC? Because we're going to trade one of you. No, no doubt. No and doubt. put it down on the line. And then go get some freaking killer from one FC. And I... go get someone that you think is equal in value. Marab and Aljo would command a high price. So one FC is going to have to give us someone good. You're right. So Marab's yeah. out of the equation, then everything works out because exactly uh, like everyone but you can't have these two. The yeah. two is messing it up, and <laughs> and because and because they awkwardly like they don't even coordinate their tweets. Like between the two of you idiots, can you figure out who's going to fight the for same this? And camp. Then... <laughs> same camp, same training camp, same vacation. Can't time, even they can't whatever. even like coordinate tweets. It's like the dude sitting right next to you on the couch playing Call of Duty <laughs> right now. You're playing Call of Duty right now, guys. What do you what do you, you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just I, they need to figure it out but i think one fc i'm sorry i think ufc would make a good move to just trade one of them in what, all honesty what's your favorite division right now it's it's normally women's strawweight in all honesty women's strawweight is always freaking exciting and it's always got good fights and it's always got something good going on yep. uh, i like that and then of course you got lightweight you know yeah uh, lightweight, lightweight been, always brings for something. years has for, been my favorite yeah for years it's always got like um the top 10 are all potential champions and killers you know what i mean like you always have great people um charles it, Oliveira. it depends yeah wow, let's go to camera you know. four again look at this look at the look at this list of killers dude gaichi right, Por right. poirier Dariu, chandler you know what the crazy thing right. is all of these guys could fight in like three weight classes 145 or 170 exactly. just exactly. crazy man and you know and who's not on that list wait wait go back to that can you scroll down yeah, a little yeah. bit who, who get where do we get to number 15 here because i know who's not gonna be on the Diego list. Yeah, see, mm -hmm. see you know who's not on that list that is the lightweight champion in my books is bobby green yes bobby king green oh Dude, I will buy a pay. I will spend full money on a pay per view for just one fight, and if it was Bobby Green, you know what I mean. Like that dude is must watch TV. Mm -hmm. He really is, and, dude. And he's not, and he's not even in the rankings. But that dude is a killer. Remember his fight against uh, Rafael Fiziev? Yes, beautiful, beautiful fight that went the distance. Actually, and both those guys were killers. Oh my god! And so yet Fiziev is way up there, right? Which is so funny. So. All right, I got a countdown clock. You're gonna go first. Sixty seconds. Tell you're gonna talk about why you like why why Bobby Green is your favorite fighter in this division. Ready? Here's the clock, right there. You see the clock? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's sixty seconds. What do you like about Bobby Green? Go. His beard, his backstory, <laughs> his style, uh, the fact that he came on my podcast, the fact that he called me out to be a guest on my podcast. His fighting style, the way he slips, the way he boxes, the fact that he's a wrestler at heart, but you would not know it. The fact that he came from a very difficult upbringing, 
beat all the odds to do that, talks about it openly. Uh, he took accountability for his USADA issue that he had. He just said, like, look, dude, I buy some stuff from Walmart. I don't know what it is, and I just ingested it, right? He's just so honest about it. He's such a, just such a good guy, uh, very friendly, personable guy, very honest, always motivational and inspirational. When you look at his post-bite comments, when he talks about things, he's always telling people to do better, be good, whatever, right? You follow him on Instagram. He just seems like a good guy, no matter how hard this dude looks. He's a gentleman and a true martial artist and his story with his father and his um, stepfather and foster father and foster families. Incredible work for this dude. No, oh my God, your timing is awesome. You're a true journalist, oh my, my man. Oh, All right, my special. turn. I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I think I'll go on this. All right, when I think of Bobby Green, I think about get some. When I think of Bobby Green, I think about him getting punched in the face and saying that's all you got, even even if he got hurt. When I think of Bobby Green, I think about the guy who raised Dustin Poirier's hand when he lost, who raises his opposition's hand with the last match he won. He knocked out, I think it was Tony Ferguson, or submitted Tony Ferguson. And the same guy who raised both hands when it was a draw. There was a fight that went to a draw a couple of years ago. This man is entertaining. This man is a human promotion machine. This man picks up the phone and says yes all the time. Not to mention the backstory that you talked about this man coming up in the streets and who he is not to mention this man being the same guy who he was before everyone knew who Bobby Green was there's something to be said about some elite athletes who success changes them and they become more reserved because people are trying to sell them a car or trying to get them in the real estate or, you know be the, the protective mechanism uh, also the narcissistic mechanism and here's this guy flying above the radar and at the same time below the radar ladies and gentlemen I give you Bobby King Green. Excellent. I love lightning I, rounds. Should, <laughs> that was bad. Ooh, did you I, get a rush? Did you get a rush? I got a rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I was going to do? Go my, ahead. my wife would kill me if I did it, though, was I was going to drink water and just spit it in the air, Triple H style, like uh, Bobby Green does. But, you know. I didn't want to mess up everything. Too much oh, trouble. dude! Yeah, this yeah. thing is not a green screen behind me. This is this is an actual uh, volleyball thing. But I gotta yeah, tell the, you, I'm, I'm gonna have a painter actually paint this. I since I oh, fell in love cool. with it. Yeah. Um. Even it doesn't even have to have volleyball meaning anymore. It's just you know I'm 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 living the dream, the whole sunshine thing. You know. Yeah. Sometimes some things in your life are up and down. Right now I'm all the way up, so I'm 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 feeling really really good. Today. Good for I'm feeling, you, man. Feeling really good to have you right. on this podcast too. Is this is just this is every bit as fun as I thought it was, and we're, and we're still, we're still going, buddy. Um, yeah, man. Uh, next subject matter: Will Connor fight again um, in the in the UFC? Um, and I guess let's start with the more immediate one. Let's you take the wheel, but I want to make sure Chandler's in this equation in this conversation at some point. And you could take that, or I can, but I think you will. Floor's yours, my man. Um. I think Connor will have lots of fights in the courtroom. Okay. But I don't think he will fight in 2024. I think maybe 2025. I think it's going to take a long time for him to get the juice out of his system. Mm -hmm. Ooh. No. I think uh, I think the fact that UFC didn't have him sign up for the USADA testing pool the day he signed on the dotted line to say, I'm going to be the coach of tough was a massive misstep by everybody like who's to blame for that someone's to blame and it's got to fall on ufc because you can't be signing this guy to do your reality show where the whole point of the reality show aside from one season ever has been where the two coaches fight at the end i'm well, pretty sure on that stat you know what i mean i think it was only the randy couture rich Frank franklin one or whatever which was number two or three whatever well you got matt hughes and, matt hughes and rich franklin 
That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The two, the two coaches. And Uriah Faber. Sorry, Uriah this, Faber and Connor as well. But sorry, go ahead. Well, but then there you go. What's the common denominator, right? You can't, like, this <laughs> shit is so stupid. You're using Connor because of his name to bring views to a show that, that the ratings are tanked anyways, mm-hmm. right? Like everything about that show is kind of a disaster now. But um, so for the fact that he wasn't in the testing pool, I don't know. They say he's in it now, but that's, I'm sure that's baloney. You know, uh, I don't know. The testing and pool has been baloney. Well, the whole testing pool and everything. And then Chandler saying like, hey, I'll fight him. I don't care about the testing. And it's like, dude, that's fine because you just want the money. But if you mm-hmm. really want to compete fairly, this is the whole reason why we have USADA here. And there's no reason why this guy can't enter the pool unless there's a problem with them. Right. Because anything, and, you know, yeah, it would be a circus, right? It's like saying I'll fight him with one hand tied behind my back. And you're like, no, that's not the sport. <laughs> no, you're going to exactly. fight. You're yeah. going to shut up and, and fight I, with two hands and then do it appropriately. <laughs> yeah, and I love Chandler too. So here's my thing. I don't want him to lose to a juiced out Connor, which then ruins his legend status or his, you know, whatever. Like, it, it's not right. On paper, I think Chandler destroys McGregor. I think Gaethje destroys McGregor worse yeah. I think Oliveira probably just like I just don't think McGregor has it now and I think like you see the pictures of him this guy has so many roids in him right now allegedly allegedly right I don't want us to get sued but it, it's obvious come on you can tell right yeah so do, does this guy fight no I think I think it, even if he wants to I think it's going to take him at least until 2025 before he fights I don't see him fighting before you know it's weird you're, you're the first person that actually associated Conor McGregor with uh, steroids um because, probably because I haven't been listening to Ariel and like some of these guys lately oh, okay. but um if that subject has come up I totally missed the boat on that and I thank you for like um I think um, people look at his yeah. head size yeah people are saying that but you, 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 but you, you remember in the press just... conferences like he was really big on being against that or whatever when Nate remember when Nate Diaz is like they're all on steroids and he's like no you want he said you want to check no, up performance and hits and drugs check with your brother huh jake shields and uh, man he 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 went off on the whole a scrap pack right melendez got caught diaz got caught and and diaz got caught (laughs) yeah and the thing and the thing is to be fair is that mcgregor had that that awful leg break so he was in surgery he had to get medication i i which required steroids yeah that's right so Mm -hmm. you require that and all that and that's fine but then afterwards what does it take to get you better and do you stay on it a little bit too long or blah 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 right what are you taking because i did ask some fighters when they've come on my show i said like hey when you're out for surgery and stuff this was about the conor mcgregor thing i think it was yeah i asked uh um oh my god the the dude was doing weed on my podcast the whole time like he kept smoking a bong uh max Payne griffin oh my god max that dude is the best oh shoot uh, he uh because he had a, a bad break and and surgery and i said to him i said well wait a second when you go off on surgery and you have to take medication stuff do you have to tell usada like hey stop coming to my house to test me because i'm i'm taking stuff to get better at my heel and he goes not really but they kind of just know. like it's like there's no reason for connor to even be out of the pool you know what i mean like because mm-hmm. you would just say like hey i'm taking this stuff for my broken leg but the fact that this whole thing happens, it's, it's all very weird, man. It I is weird. And yeah. I'd, I I mean, I'd like to, to end, um, I guess, shut the door as fast as we open this thing on Connor, where uh, to quote so many people, it's really hard to get out of bed when you have $100 million in the bank, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and at some point, it's going to come back to him because he doesn't seem like the guy who uses his money wisely. Um, my wife, who's in finance, said it's not about how much you make; it's about how much you spend. You know what I'm saying? And right, right. Uh, and listen, the whole concept of 
paying someone a lot of money to talk about money, I can only say I'm glad I'm on her side. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> you know, I'd like to be like, y'all are, are bullcrap, but, I'm, you know, come on, I'm on the other yeah. side. I, I'm, I'm on the other, barely on the other side of the fence when it comes to that. Now, regarding yeah. Conor McGregor, I, I will say I was the one guy who would just wish he went away, and now that I miss him, that he's gone. <laughs> you know, it was just so much fun. The guy was just yeah. so much fun to, to be around. Um, he let his nuts hang. You know, um, flyweight division had to, I mean, uh, featherweight had to, you know, suck down dry. If you, you, if you watch the wins now, oh, what he yeah. looks like now, no wonder you think he's all swole up, right? Uh, um, and what, you know, perfect 7-0, I think, in that division. And, and I knew that when he got to 155, I knew it'd be a different story. And I know the UFC offered this illusion of him being the greatest 155 because he got to jump the line and fight Alvarez, right? He got to yeah. skip skip the line when Tony Ferguson was at his prime, right? What could be Nomagamedov was telling Dana while he's beating down Johnson, you know, you know I deserve this. Remember, he's like giving next. giving him noogies. You know I deserve this. Giving this dude yeah, noogies, yeah. you know, just just yeah. give up, please. Don't make me hurt you. That type of thing. So he got to jump the line on that. So it was a lurking variable that guys like you and me saw uh, uh, right away. But it yeah. was one of those things like he wins 155, jumps to 170. He, he's got this GOAT status that's that, in my opinion, was an illusion. And I was scared to, to, to share that opinion because you were a hater, right? You were a yeah, hater yeah, if yeah. you if you had that opinion, <laughs> you know? Well, there's one there's one thing that I'm sure you realize when it comes to like producing a podcast or being a public speaker and things like that is like if you have any opinion that right. falls outside the norm, or the or the or the general public's general <laughs> idea of something <laughs> yeah you'd suddenly become a hater it's not that you're intelligent or that you right. have an alternative point of view or that yeah you or that you have critical thinking skills and, yeah <laughs> yeah no it's none of that it's just that you're a hater yep. and you're a jerk right yeah, yeah no you're right 100 percent. Uh, well i'll give both of us a piece of advice that i learned uh, a year into this podcast thing you let uh, let it settle for a few days, and then when you say, "Now that time, now that time has allowed everybody to to hit the reset button," I will say this because I'll give you an example: LeBron James, right? Every time he wins an NBA championship, everyone's like, he's the GOAT, he's the GOAT. And then when you disagree, he's the GOAT. Oh my God, you're a hater. You can't let this man just have his moment. And I'm like, and I'm the one, I'm like, no, you can't let him have his moment. You can't just say great win, quality win, he deserved a finals MVP. You don't want to get to talk all this nonsense about GOAT this, GOAT that. So you call me a hater, I call you a hater creator. You know, so it's, 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 it's one yeah. of those things where even though I'm right, I, I'm, uh, there's no there's it's all it's all noise unless you let everything settle down right let's say yeah. lebron wins um let's say brady wins on sunday right wait till wednesday wait till maybe even thursday right being like okay everybody yeah. calm down now no he's not the goat you know or yes he yeah, is yeah, the yeah, goat. yeah yeah you know i mean i mean the thing is too is like what i'll say to people oftentimes like i'll leave comments on posts or whatever posts that i make and things like that are that are you know to some people insane or controversial or whatever right but what i'll say to people when they you know they'll they'll debate me or not even debate they'll just come and personally attack me right and i'll just say like well you know i'm sorry that i don't share your exact same opinion on this right and then they'll be like how dare you have a podcast on 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 fighting you don't know crap blah 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 i'm like well if everybody shared your exact same opinion why would you want to listen to a podcast that's just your exact opinion repeated to you mm -hmm. right like you want to be listening and talking to people that share 
different opinions or different points of view on things so that you can try to grow or understand or at least have the enjoyment of debating back and forth yeah why would you want to just listen to someone that's going to say the exact thing you're going to say yeah. like what's the point of that conversation right exactly just but, to have a little circle jerk where we all agree yeah oh i agree oh and anyone who disagrees well, is a hater right you're so smart so, just like me i'm super <laughs> smart too right like what the frick, dude like it's, it's, it brings nothing to the table but i think as a podcaster it's the combination of knowing who's trolling also knowing yourself right when right. i got into this podcasting thing um of a really good volleyball player um, I forgot who it, it's probably Randy Stokeless, who's like the king of the beach, right? Um, he said, when you're at the zoo, play with the animals, but don't feed them, you know? Um, and I said, is that what you do? He says, hell no, I feed them all the time, you know, because it's his personality. Like, right, if right. you look at Demetrius Johnson's reaction, um, interaction with people on Twitter, and if you look at Dana White's interaction with people on Twitter, two different personalities, two different ways to do it. Like Demetrius, if you're just saying dumb stuff, he doesn't. He, he's probably going to mute you, and you're, you're and you're hauling into the wind, and not even knowing you're hauling into the wind. Dana takes on all comers, you know. Oh, I'm a P. I'm a P. Would you call me? So, so it's about knowing yourself, right? right. Versus the there's a general rule about playing with the animals versus feeding them when you're at the zoo. Yep. And that's yep. Twitter's not a real place, but but goddamn, it's a cesspool, isn't it? It's just this crazy thing that I, um, I don't have a lot of followers on. Thank God, YouTube is the one. You know, that's I got. I think I got like what twenty four thousand, which is pretty cool. Facebook even more. Facebook, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm that age demographic where this might get more. This might get more push on 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 my Facebook channel than than whatever. But yeah, but yeah. So you're right. It's about um. I love interaction, but there's some people you just don't say anything back to. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's <clears throat> nice when people come at you with, with negativity and hate, you know, mm -hmm. and the clown emojis. Like, people love to use that clown emoji, boy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you can start to debate them on something, or sometimes I'll say that reaction. I'll say, like, hey, you know, but if we all share the same opinion, blah, blah. What I really love is then sometimes you'll get people that go, you know what, you're right, man, that's cool. And then mm -hmm. they'll start to engage in a, in a more intellectual conversation, they'll follow me back, and then we'll be able to talk moving forward. Because they kind of come at it strong and hateful. But then when you kind of just put everything in context, they're like, Oh, okay, right. Yeah, and when those sense. are the people, that's really awesome. Like when you get that kind of response, it's cool. pretty cool. Nice. All right, next 60 second lightning round. Okay, I'm gonna go yeah. first on this one. And you can back clean yeah. up for me. Um, so as the question is, does um, who does Leon Edwards fight next? Um, before I do the 60 seconds, do you have any on news? Any news that if he signed to fight anyone yet? No. So okay. I don't know that he has it. Right, no, cool. I don't think good, good. Else, we can so. go in blind on this one. Have a, have a good time. So I'll go first on this one since I went last a bunch of times. And I, I got to let you talk last but for two seconds. Um, I'm going to go with the obvious one. I'm going to go with Kobe Covington. And I, and, I, and here's my reason why. Yvonne Edwards approaches this whole thing with a heightened level of humility, a heightened level of respect, and a heightened level of complacency and sanity, which none of these things are selling points for, the, for our insane fan base. So just like Anderson Silva <clears throat> needed someone like Chael Sonnen to sell the fight and, and, and to entertain the fans, I think Leon Edwards, in order for him to take the next level of... of 
his money making, um, I guess, enterprise or endeavors in, in this sport. He needs an antagonist, someone someone like that. If you choose to be the good guy, you choose to be respectful. And, and, and it's weird because it's kind of like this dr- drama thing, this Hollywood thing going. You need someone like Covington. And you know what? Covington representing the USA are probably going to say, screw the Dutch, even though this guy's British. He's going to be like, F the Dutch. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm from Great Britain, you moron. So so you, you need someone like, like him. De- and definitely to push the pace. Covington has delivered just very much like Sonnen in his prime has backed up and delivered everything he's talked about and it'd be great for um, Leon Edwards. The floor is yours, my man. Boy, oh boy. Is it bad that I say that if I even think about who's the top contenders in that weight class, I don't know anybody but Colby Covington? Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think Colby Covington is the obvious choice. I think Dana White has pretty much alluded that that's the guy, you know, I think he brings the most eyes to that division. I think he is a fantastic fighter who in truth has beaten everybody except for the then champion Usman twice. Yeah. Two horse but aside, race. Yep. <clears throat> but aside from that, he's beaten everybody. And people always said he's the next guy. He's, you know, if Usman were to ever go, Colby's the only guy. So, okay, Edwards got that shot and took it away, which now leaves the door wide open for Colby to take this fight. I think he's the most exciting. I think he brings everything to the table exactly as Sean Strickland does, except for it's all a facade. Everything about Colby Covington is fake, but I love it. I don't mind at all that he's doing it. I hear that he's the nicest guy in the world behind bars, and I think he deserves that shot. There's an old saying, good artists create, but great artists steal. All right, my my, I'm, my degree is in theater performance from Marymount Manhattan College. I was in the BFA program, and almost everything that I got that made me a great performer on stage did not come from this, this my own grounded experience. It came from someone mm. else's and imitating their experience. Um, even though in my lifetime, 53 years on this earth, I'm sure you and I have a lot of stories we can we can we can have a drink and share. All interesting, but as far as turning it up, if you remember Chell Sonnen, Always undefeated, always undisputed. Of course, he was defeated, and then of course that's disputed. Okay, that's not real. No, that's you better phony. edit that out. That's that is phony, pure lion, right? Sign. That's phony. Yeah. That's blasphemy, right? Come on, yeah. he did that to Michael Bisping, and Michael Bisping's like, well, obviously he's been defeated, and, it's, and it is disputed. So, so uh, it's one of those things where, like, even when you point it out, nobody cared. And this is yeah. what we got with Kobe Covington. You pointed out these. That's not real. It is a facade. It is a, a little, a little bit of phony. But even Shakespeare. Spear to do his plays had to borrow Senecan character uh, Senecan characters from the Greek playwright Seneca. Right? If you look at Hamlet, you look at um, the the the. Uh, the bad guy, the the the, the ass kisser, the assinator. Um, you know, Hamlet's got his right hand person, the ghost, right? All of these characters were something called Senecan characters. So in essence, Shakespeare bit. <laughs> he borrowed, took the ball, right. took the ball and ran away with it. And and in order to have drama, sometimes that's the need the by by the definition of drama. Uh, Timothy, okay? The definition of drama is the recreation of conflict between two individuals put in front of a stage as if it's happening now. That's Kobe Covington. So, totally got you on that. You know, and I didn't mean to top off. I think he's exciting, man. Yeah. I think it would be weird to have, uh, Mm. it, it would be crazy to have UFC have both their champions be Kobe Covington and Sean Strickland. Yeah. I think it'd be crazy. I think it would be an amazing time for America. Yes, like I think I'm, like I'm Canadian, mind okay. you. So I'm 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 out in Toronto, Canada. But you know, obviously, ah. America is is very exciting for us here in Brooklyn, Canada. Different country. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but, you know, but but when you look at what that would do for America, you would think that America is going to be insanely happy that they have these two champions that are like so pro America too, right? Like yes. you think back to the eighties, you think the Hulk Hogan times or the, you know what I mean? Like yes. the Rocky Balboa, it's like America versus Russia or America versus the world. Like these two champions exude that yep. kind of character and exude that kind of personality, which is pretty cool for an entertainment sport, it right? Is. Like it is very cool for people to watch. He's this got the Kurt Angle song. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the Kurt Angle song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like you bring, you bring in right. Mm-hmm. Like you bring in the fans, you bring in the the eyes, you bring in the viewership, right? And that's what, as a business, that's what you want. So I think they have to put Colby in that position. You got to hope that Colby wins, and you just watch the profits roll in. Yeah. Um, even if it's close, let's say Kobe wins and there's an immediate re- rematch. You're talking double profits there. Uh, well, it depends. We got to watch the match first before we even talk about any rematch, right? What if Kobe loses? Um, I don't even see how Kobe loses that match. How? Would Kobe oh, you? Oh, if Kobe loses, he gets an immediate rematch. No, no, because no, that would have to. No, that would have to be a Chael Sonnen situation. Because Chael was going to get a rematch against Anderson, and, and then he tested that, positive right. for uh, yeah. um, anabolic steroids or something like that. Whatever's something, in the yeah. system. Yeah. yeah. Can I say but something? No. I want to say something funny. Keep that thought. I want to say something funny that uh, Chael Sonnen shared that we should all share. He's like, look, as it a question of why did I use performance enhancing drugs? He's like, I use performance enhancing drugs to enhance my performance. That's a dumb question. Do you take drugs to diminish your performance? So it's just, I just yeah. wanted to actually add that caveat just for humor and hope you didn't lose your thought on what you're going to say next. No, 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 no. I was, no, I was just simply going to say like, it's, it's, it's the right fight to make. It's, it's interesting interesting and it's exciting and mm-hmm. yeah the fans just want to see it so there's nice. nothing else yeah there is yeah. nothing else and i'm looking forward to it and you're right it is um he does have this whole like in the united states uh stereotypically you like the whole america first thing and this and that um before trump even came along was a republican thing it was a conservative thing um uh, which is really weird to me because back in the the day liberals were the ones that were anti-war and pro-free speech and and America first, right? Take care of our own. Let us say what we want to say and this and that. And there's this this ultimate reversal, but still the whole America first concept still belongs to, I hate to say belongs to, but because it's, I know, right? Hold on, hold on. Isn't that crazy that you're even thinking that though? I know. In, in, like, <laughs> like when you think about America first or for us, it would be Canada yeah. first, right? right? You shouldn't attribute that with a party. No. Right. In politics, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be attributing to that to a certain type of person. Like America first for you guys in America should be everybody. We should all agree on that. Yeah. And then we can differ in the ways that we get there. But it depends on who the president is. That's, that's why there's there's a part of insane. Like if you remember the Iraq war, right? That wasn't American first. Wait, what the hell were we doing over there? That wasn't us. No, no, no. Of course. Of course. Right. But now the conservatives, all of a sudden, you know, with Ukraine or whatever, or, you know, what are we doing there? So in this and that, so so who's the president now? Right. So really, so sometimes it revolves around who's president, because in this country, when you become president, your whole objective is not to do the things you promise. Your whole objective is to get reelected. 
And if you're a halfway decent president, if you have an ounce of caring in your body, year four, five, and six, and seven, you'll see a lot of your policies. Like if you're a two-term president, if you meant what you said, like Obama, I thought did the best he could, whatever. Uh, um, I, I mean, not knowing what that guy knows, I mean, I'd like to be, play judge and jury on him, but being the president and the knowledge you're privy to and, and the things you have to not say, that mm-hmm. you, you get you get to eat a bowl of crap from the from the from the people when they don't know. So I mean, so I'm not gonna get into the whole po- politics thing, but um, my politics, I'll just stay by stay with this. I love my guns and my gay people. Um, that's that's those are my policies. My policies are: if you take the elevator to the penthouse, push lobby and send it back down. Give everyone else a chance to come up to take the elevator. Yep. So that's that's, beautiful. that's the general uh, assessment of if you ever want to know my, my policies. I'm a New Yorker, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a kid from New York. So, you know, and I've, I was once poor and now I'm making money. So, you know, you kind of appreciate both ends. You know, yeah, yeah. McConaughey wrote a book, Matthew McConaughey wrote a really good book called Conservative Early Liberal Late. Really, really good read. Um, interesting read, and it reads it reads really fast. And because I don't like to read, so so I wouldn't recommend it. So if, if I'm if I'm a guy, you know, who doesn't like to read or recommend recommending a book, that one, Scars and Stripes, uh, Tim Kennedy. Yeah, very good book. X MMA yeah. guys, as you, as you know. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the real Anthony Fauci, but that's a whole other story. That's a RFK. <laughs> right. um, so sixty seconds. No, let's just do a straight answer with this. Ankle life, ankle life, uh, from um, from um, two o five, right? Yeah, yeah. Remembering his last fight, and you stopped me at any point. He fought Tixera, right? And a lot of people thought um, he won, or was that his last fight? Stop me at any point. Let's yeah, no, see. Uh, let, I'm gonna pull it up and see. Me but, too. Uh, me too. I mean, this dude is a tough one because I think. Even to many hardcore fans, you may not recognize him on the street. Right. You know, you bump into this dude. I don't know that you recognize who he is. Uh, wow. You know, doesn't have a great personality. You know, sorry, not not a great personality, but doesn't have an outstanding personality that you would recognize this dude. Yeah. I mean, his last fight was for that <laughs> championship that bombed when it became the split draw. Yes, that was crazy. And you know yeah. what's crazy? I'm looking I at mean, the rankings right now. They don't have light heavyweight. They have no, middleweight, no, and they skipped to heavyweight. What the hell? What am I missing here? All right, I'll figure it out later. But so, so yeah, no, okay. So he he has that draw to Jan Blackwist, but before that, he beats Anthony Smith, which right. almost every light heavyweight has beaten. Tiago Santos. Okay, fine. Again, Ozdemir. Yeah, fine. Krylov. I love that dude, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Fine. And then Kutilaba. Kutilaba. Like, twice, you right? He beat Kutilaba twice. Yeah. But again, when you look at this record, and again, it, it also highlights perhaps a little bit of a weaker time in the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, man. You know, he hasn't had big fights over big names and big wins over big names. Um, of his last four wins, only one was a stoppage. The rest were all decision. It's it you know it's a little bit tough when you when you get to a guy like this and is he going to be the next title challenger is that mm. what you're getting at Ugh, he's eighteen and well he's eighteen and one right now I know right? that's the kill that's and the kicker right Blakovich is who he's going to fight in December no no he he beaten Blakovich right no that no, was no. a draw no that's the one that was the draw the split draw so I mean yeah you should have redone that fight right perhaps but so that d- we can figure out ranking wise but. Did he not also fight Teixeira and lost? No, he no, he hasn't fought Teixeira. Okay. No. 
Who was the guy that fought Glover? You Glover, mean, right? Glover Teixeira, and lost, and everyone. Y- Yuri. Yes. Yuri. Everyone. Uh, right. Jeez, Louise. Prajaka. Yuri Prajaka. Nice. Prohaska. Yeah. Prohaska. Yeah. <laughs> See, New York Mongol upbringing. A lot of Polish people yeah. in my life. Um, go, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, no. I'm just. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't have much to say on uh, yeah. this dude because I don't. Honestly, I don't have much of an opinion just based on he's just a guy that's been floating around he has he's right number two though and if not him who you know but i don't if know not him, what, who? Do you, yeah. what, do you, what do you do for this like uh here let me see what i'm pulling up as light heavyweight <clears throat> rankings do, do 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 i found it actually light heavyweight okay yeah so you got yuri as one. let's let's Bahia. show the sorry let's show the audience go ahead oh yeah here okay you got it mm-hmm Let's yeah, zoom in on go. top 10. You know, That's for a division tough, flying that under the a, radar, a, these are savages, is, though, huh? They are savages, but none of them are like standout guys that you're going to put at the top of a poster. Agreed. Let's be honest, right? Like, okay, this, is, this is the Jan's one guy right here. Recognition. That, this guy, if he won more, if he didn't lose like some untimely matches against Corey Anderson, this guy mm-hmm. right here, Johnny Walker, would have been it. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, fine. I, I was worried that you were highlighting uh, Anthony Smith, but <laughs> no. yeah, okay, thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I just think this is a division that's tough to 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 sell. Mm-hmm. I think the faces here are tough to sell. Um, yeah. Like the fact that you have Alex Bahia there as number three when he's fought what one fight in the division? Yeah, I mean, right? like who I mean, the hell that's... are the writers? <laughs> Well, yeah, this whole thing is so stupid. And then you're telling me you're in charge of putting up this stupid list, and you can't decide who's number six and who's number seven, Krylov or Walker, or is that a or is that a misprint? Are oh they, man, yeah, is it's this like supposed to be six and seven, or are you honestly tying them at number six? Like we give a crap, right? Just I agree. Make a pick. I also I'm, think I'm, I'm assuming that's quality control. But I also think Anthony Smith, like. The man is so well-spoken, and if his win-loss record reflected, he had some timely losses too, and there was a fight he didn't even want back in because he thought he was really injured, and his coach is like, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine, and this and that. Right, that right. put a black eye on, 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 his, on, on his otherwise, you know, uh, um, really, really good career. I really, like, I really like listening to him. I love him in the, um, you know, like the, the booth, like the commentary booth, not the color commentary yeah. booth, but like the, the panel thing. I love listening to that guy. I love listening to his opinion and this and that. I loved when he asked John Jones, remember when John Jones fought, he's like, hey, you, he asked politely and, and you know, Jones is so wound up, ah, oh, this and that. And he's like, look, I didn't, you know, I'm just asking, you know, so I thought he would have been good for the division. And, and you're right. A lot of these people don't even speak the, the language, which hurts too. You know, you, you have to be undefeated. Well, you have to be undefeated if you don't speak the language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is tough. You know, uh, that's a commentary I often make with 1FC and with 1FC. Like, are you, I know, like, I know you're a fan of the sport. Do you watch a lot of 1FC? Um, I started watching more when Demetrius Johnson got traded. Okay. Yeah. So no, that's... right? Don't, don't worry. The no, answer is no. Him, no, Nobody just him watches... and, um, and um, the 155 guy who's like, Who's like the um this Eddie Alvarez? I, I follow Eddie oh, Alvarez. Well, he's, and, yeah, and he's yeah. gone already. I know, yeah. but I, the guy had four different promotions. So I follow him everywhere it goes. But yeah, your, yeah. your thought? Like, like the problem with One FC is that a lot of their people don't speak English, right? And that's fine. But when their goal is to dominate the Western market, 
it's really hard, man. Agreed. Like, uh, it's really hard when you try to enter the Western market. Like, I think it was, you know, they're doing those cards on Prime, right? One FC on Prime, mm -hmm. on Amazon Prime. And I think oh, now like I know. <laughs> you didn't know that? Yeah. No. See, it's how bad it's been. Yeah. But that's a problem, right? Because nobody really knows, right? First of all, nobody's really watching Amazon Prime anyways. But you put the cards on there. They've had bad production value. Um, but I think it was like a, quite a few of the cards that they've had. It's prime time. It's Friday nights, one, one on prime, right? It's, I don't know, one a month, one every couple months. But a majority of the uh, main card fighters don't speak English. Right. And that's it's true. like, I get it. English isn't. You know that's fine but i think if you're going to try and enter that market i think it would do good on one fc and this goes towards any fighter that's that's in the industry i think if like ufc wants to push them just pay for them to get it get lessons right right i think you really need to have your stars unfortunately be able to speak english yep and i think whether you're the fighter that wants to do that on your own accord or whether the promotion says hey look you're moving up in these rankings yep you know krylov Let's get you. Let's get you a tutor because we we want you to speak at least enough English to be able to at least cut a small promo. Right. I don't need you to do a, a, a two hour podcast, but I just need you to be able to cut a promo in the ring, or when we ask you about your fight, we need you to generally be able to answer. Agreed. Listen, in my wheelhouse, beach volleyball, there are two Brazilian um, players, a female, right? One uh, was in four Olympics or three, at least three Olympics, and won the bronze, and she's now uh, an American citizen. So she's joined the domestic tour, of the AVP, and nice. in 2021, she they had a lot of regional uh, stops, Atlantic City, this and that, or whatever. And the, I thought their highlight was the Chicago Open, which is like the last big gold series match, uh, a tournament. They went from the qualifier because they didn't have enough points for the draw. They went from the qualifier to the draw to the finals. And they lost in the finals. And that should have been a huge story. There should have been huge podcast guests and this and that. But neither one of them speak the language very well, right? Um, yeah. But I, but I also found out one of them does. They just they just and when they're not interested, they're like, oh, I don't understand English, you know. But one of them, I'm not gonna light her up because we're talking about we're not talking about volleyball right now. But if, yeah, if yeah, I had yeah. to, well, no, I'm like, woman, a... you speak the the Queen's English. Stop it, you know. But God, yeah. sorry. But that's but that's the thing though, right? Like I, I think you know, um, there there are fighters that you know really should have learned English. Jose Aldo being one. I mean, he boxed, uh, what was it, um, a month ago or whatever at some event, and then he started speaking English. I'm like, when did this dude learn English? But he spoke English uh, at some point. Uh, I do think like you know that that you got to get these uh, interpreters and and to talk to it. I mean, I don't know if you know, but the LPGA had a big issue for a while where a lot of their top players were south korean women yep and they had instituted a rule i forget what the story is but they had tried to institute a rule that said if you don't speak english you cannot compete and it became a huge problem Whoa. and i think and then they obviously reneged on it there was obviously a better way to massage that in right right like you don't need to say you can't compete but how about hey everybody we are now offering free English lessons to help you with sponsors and blah, blah, blah. Like, so if you frame it in that context, the player themselves will be like, oh, wait a second. You mean I can get more sponsorship deals and I can make more money through this and you're yes. going to pay for me to learn English? Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Look at Djokovic. Right, yeah, his right? ability exactly. to speak English made him, you know, he's the number one player and we and we know it. You know, this yeah. whole yeah. Grand Slam thing and breaking the record didn't sneak up on us because he doesn't speak English. He does speak English. You know, there exactly. was also and, some... and, and put a little asterisk on this conversation because yeah. I am the worst 
at learning another language. So no, I understand well, English is hard enough for some dude. people. <laughs> no, no but, but I'm just saying like growing up, I was, you know, in French class and whatever in Canada, we take French like for 12 years in school, 13 years. I can't speak a lick. You know, my wife is South Korean. We've been watching South Korean dramas on Netflix for years. I've got like two words down pat, man. Uh, like I, like I am horrible at it, no. but I would like to think if this was a part of my job and my employer said, Hey, we're going to give you a dedicated tutor to learn the language. I would think I'd probably be able to do it. And if it related, and if it meant me making more money in my life mm -hmm. and if that's how you sold it to me, yeah, I, I'm all I in. probably be okay. I was in Germany. I, I was in Germany for two years. I spent, um, well, two and a half of my three years in the United States Army. And my German got better because I was there, right? But we're talking like yeah. two, two, two and a half to almost three decades ago. I don't speak a lick of German now. But but like you said, for basic survival needs, right? If you don't want to just stay on the American base, you don't want to just involve yourself in, 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 in provinces and locations where everyone speaks English. Sometimes right. you need to use the bathroom. Sometimes you don't want mayonnaise on your burger. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, sometimes you got to save you from yourself, right? To, to quote mm. Mother Teresa, one must, one must participate from one's own salvation sometimes, you know, which is very, very important yeah. well said well said hey. Two, well hey well said by you two mm -hmm. key phrases to learn when you enter a new country where's the washroom and no mayonnaise yes no mayo dude uh, our un america's unnatural obsession listen yeah. ask for a burger with a little bit of mustard they give you like a little bit of touch you ask for something with mayo it's wham it's that karate kid there, wax dip on wax off thing man they, yeah. they just paint brushing your your, your 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 shit with it so next um lightning round question lightning round question number three um conversations always come up every year about the greatest of all time um and sometimes pound for pound uh uh greats and this and that so in your respect and you can approach this in any facet you want in terms of marketability or who's just the best fighter of all time. 60 seconds, my man. Who is your MMA GOAT? Your GOAT. Yeah, dang it. Your this goat. is the worst question for me that I get a lot. I never know who to put on this list. And you got uh, 50 seconds. I will, <laughs> I will, look, I'm down 50 seconds. I'm going to say that for me, I immediately disqualify anybody that's been caught for steroids or drugs. I think that that's always a no, no bueno for me. Like, yeah, you cannot do that because it means you competed. I don't know how long you were doing that. And for all the reasons, not maybe that it made you physically better or whatever, but it gave you some sort of weird mental edge, things like that. I take that out of, out of the thing. Uh, I also look at what you do both inside the cage and outside the cage. I look at what the kind of person that you are as a whole to see, you know, are you someone that kids should be looking up for? Because I think if you look I'm, at- I'm, vote, I'm writing down your guy right now. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it is. Okay, so it's got to be inside or outside. Have you had it written? I've only got 10 seconds before I spit this name out. I got Inside it. the cage and outside the cage antics, I'm going with Dustin Poirier. Oh! <laughs> is that what you wrote? No, I wrote GSP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said, man, you know, he's a Canadian. He's going no. with his brother. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would go. I would go Dustin Poirier. Not, you know. Okay, he's, he's never held the mensch. title and all that. Uh, I just, I just like the dude. I think he's a good guy. I think he does good stuff in the community. He's a very excellent fighter. He puts on. A, I'm not saying that he's my go. No, but tomorrow. I'm not saying he's my No, we're yesterday. prisoners of the moment. We're having fun here but, right now. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to say, you know, for the kind of guy that he presents as. Mm -hmm. 
I would say that that dude is a pretty good guy. I would also say that uh, Joanna Janjacek is probably up there for me too. Like, you know, if I think yeah. about someone like that or Ronda Rousey even. Yeah, you know, just... I think about Ronda Rousey. Um, Beat a lot it, of odds someone... just getting into the UFC, yeah. Right, but I think it's someone who overcame stuff, who did well. I don't care that you're undefeated. Frankly, if you're undefeated, I always think that you didn't fight the best competition or right. that something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. went funny. But uh, yeah, Dustin Poirier, man, he's got to be up there for me. I just think he's a good dude. Seems like a good dude. Yeah, well... But it's tough, man. That That's a really tough thing. I like but, it yeah, because I, I can ask, we can ask each other this question tomorrow, right? And it'd be like, I, you got someone else, <laughs> yeah. which, which by the way is fine. I'm not, for the people listening to this podcast, we're prisoners in a moment. We're not staple to this goat thing. And what goat meant to him at this moment is 100% justified. The dude, the dude's philanthropy, you know, um, outside of the cage, as well as him performing in the guts and grit and determination, not to mention big timely wins. Dustin is a great, is a great pick. My pick. All right, ready? Yeah, so yeah. my pick, listen, I figured I'm just going to carry the Canadian war water for us. All right. I'm from America, but I'm also from Brooklyn, which is a different country, which means we get to do whatever we want. I'm going to go with George Rush St. Pierre. And I'm going to go with Rush St. Pierre because everyone talks about how boring wrestling is and this and that. But if you if you look at the best main eventer and, and one of the leaders in pay-per-view and a leader in crowd size, it happened to be a guy who was who's a wrestler, who, by the way, wasn't even a college wrestler. He learned this on the fly. He perfected this and he started beating Division One All-Americans, if not, you know, semifinalists, if not champions. This is a man who um, won... MMA was under a big microscope as being like this brutal combat sport and human cockfighting and these guys don't have any class. You know, a bunch of shaved hair, trailer trash guys. No, this man brought an element of class uh, uh, and respect yeah. and dignity to the sport. And when it was time for him to deliver against um, fighters that he was heavily uh, um, not favored against, he delivered in two divisions. Not to mention, I'm a prisoner of the moment because he did a service to humanity by choking out Michael Bisbing, who is an absolute jerk, even for promotion purposes. Ah, oh, this is just for their business. I'm like, fine, it's all for business. It's going to be because it worked. If you're doing this for business to get people to hate you and want to see, see someone finish you, Michael, it worked because now I want to see someone finish you. Now you can't play the victim when someone awake class below you after you fought a 47-year-old and freaking limped around and acted like you were hurt, got housed by George Rush St. Pierre. Way over time. So your timing's better than mine. That's why that's hey why man, they pay you the big that's bucks. That's a good call. Yeah, that's I mean, look, he's gotta be one of the guys that's on almost everybody's yeah. Mount Rushmore. I had Jones until you talked about drugs. I had John well, Jones and you, when you started talking about drugs, I said, I said I said picograms, picograms. But that, no, but that's fine though. But a lot of people a lot mm -hmm. of people dismiss me on that. Right. And they go, No, I don't care. It's just at the time. And hey, yeah. at the time when he was fighting guys, everybody else was on steroids. So what are you gonna yeah. do? Blah blah blah. I'm just yeah. like, eh, that's fine. I just call it clean like it is. More people actually have a problem with me saying that it counts as to what you do outside the cage. Right. Yeah, and, 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 and I and I got to tell you, let me interrupt you. What yeah. John Jones has done out the cage on his run and his run to the title is commendable. The dude was fighting crime like the day before he beat Shogun for the belt, right? Someone snatched someone's purse and he ran down yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. and was fighting crime. So Jones, um, I'm not one of those guys that be like, oh, he's bad for the sport. He's this and that. I there are some people in your life that are just douchebags and they are what they are. And there's some people that are just misunderstood. John Jones is the poster boy for the latter. <laughs> so heavily misunderstood, uh, high, highly disturbed in some in some ways and, and trying to meet yeah. the challenges of all the success that 
that that came down him on a t like a ton of bricks because before that he was just a kid that wanted a title shot you know i love me some john yeah. jones and and yeah, he yeah. was my it was my impulse to save first right he got that one disqualification yeah. lost by hamill uh, um you know which 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 is just scary for me because you got steve mazagati saying can you hear me right to hamill i'm like he can't hear yeah, yeah, he's yeah, deaf yeah. and he's got blood in his eyes so i, I can't i mean from jones perspective fine all right he got dq but from hamill who couldn't who who's deaf and now couldn't see god damn it that must have been scary yeah your, your yeah, eyes are gone yeah. now and now your ears are gone and it's just yeah. like what do you do do you communicate by tapping up and down how did that even work and how did i even drift to that subject sorry man yeah, i, I no, steered no, us both it's, off it's morbid but morbid. um but jones was my impulse but but gsp was my um really just... yeah he's a good pick man he's yeah. a good that dude is a good pick mm -hmm. um my my only contention with him is like his finishing rate right, right? like because it was a lot of decisions yeah but you do what you do you win you win i mean that's that's isn't, an argument for another show isn't but, that interesting yeah. that some of the champions are getting finishes until they get their title and their decisions but i think the decisions Dude. generate also from the height and level of competition you're always going against number ones but at the same time you're trying to keep your belt but then you see like someone like khabib you know when he was in a championship picture there were nothing but finishes <laughs> yeah you know so. yeah no that is something that i've um talked about with people and argued about because to me that's something and it's funny i'm trying to pull this up really quickly Please, if i God. can but i i did posts um where i compared the finishing rates of champions when they were fighting for mm -hmm. a title slash not for a title or when they were fighting while they entered as a champion. I, I just butchered that explanation. No, but that's the difference. But at the, the difference same time, well put. When you were, the, the difference between when you were entering the fight as a champion versus when you weren't. Mm -hmm. And the finishing rates were astonishingly different compared mm -hmm. to fighters. Um, like when you would see the differences. Hold on, I'm gonna try and do this. Do, 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 do. Just sing a song or something and I'll find this very quickly. Hold well, I got, here. yeah, I got, Um, let's it, see. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. <laughs> boom, boom, I hope you know the boom. whole thing. Hold it's on. not warm when she's away. Ain't Son no sunshine when she's gone. <laughs> she always been too long. Anytime she goes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knows, Dude, was... he knows, he knows, he knows. <laughs> All right, son of a gun. I don't know where it is, but I had actually, it somewhere. Actually, as you keep looking for it, I'm, I'll move on to the next subject matter. You can listen and look yeah, at yeah, the same yeah. time, yeah. all right? My next subject matter is, should fighters uh, be obligated to fight someone if someone misses weight? So I'm, I'm going to go 60 seconds on that, but I probably won't even last that long. I'll allot you the rest of that time on that one minute as you continue to look for this. But this is for you and for our audience as I start the clock. All right. Uh, my answer is hell no. They shouldn't be obligated to take the fight. Like if you consider someone actually stop cutting their weight while you still have to cut the weight and how, how much stronger and replenished they are going to the next fight, that is an unfair advantage. When you consider that someone misses weight by a significant category, even if they forfeit their purse, if they can beat you, they move up in the rankings, which is more money for their purse. That is absolute nonsense. And also you as a journalist, right? While you're looking up stuff, I bet you look this up before. If you look at the win-loss record of the last 30 fights, right uh, of the people who miss weight i would not not be surprised if i guesstimate 24 wins six losses 
for the people that missed weight. Those guys won. So I'm cutting off the clock now because this this category really pisses me off and it really highlighted with Josh with Josh Wonderboy Thompson not getting paid. The guy got the guy showed up. The guy showed up and shouldn't be allowed to fight someone like, oh, forget about it. It's a total lack of discipline. You have two jobs. Show up to fight, show up to weigh in, make your freaking weight, and nobody should be obligated to. Done. Wow. Okay. Perfecto. <laughs> Yours. Yeah. I got the answer as a big hell no. There's no way that you should be forced to fight. I think the Wonder Boy uh, issue was a good one. Just recently as well, in 1FC, there's a, a girl, Sohi Ham. Sohi Ham, yeah. So he him, right? She's a great fighter. She was supposed to fight a Japanese girl, Itsuki Harada, in what was essentially a grudge match between these two. Harada missed weight and hydration. 1FC has the hydration rule. So he ham said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not risking my career on this. And, and for all the things that that means, right? And I think that was the right thing to do. I think that uh, more people need to take a stand and say, I'm not going to fight when the person misses weight. I don't care that you're going to give me 20% of the purse or whatever crap, because the win is what I really care about. I don't care about that extra 20%. Uh, I did propose something. It's called the fight in sight clause. And I think it should be in all contracts moving forward. I think it's where the fighters, when they sign their contracts, have a guaranteed amount of pay if their opponent misses weight. It would avoid the Wonder Boy issue where he's trying to debate as to how much do I get. Dana says, hey, we'll take care of you. I think it should just be stipulated in the contracts moving forward so then everybody knows what you're going to get. God bless. Boom. We open yeah. and shut the I door think, on I think that. what happens, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little bit. Please. I think what happens is when the fighter is put on the spot the day before fight day and told, hey, your opponent missed weight, do you want to fight or not? I think a lot of fighters probably sit there and go, well, shit, I'm going to get zero dollars. You're right. You know, and I'm just, I've just dehydrated myself crazy. I don't know that I'm thinking a million percent correct. I don't know what the freak to do. Okay. But I've got all my friends and family here. They're all in the stands. Like everybody's here. Okay. Shit. Yes. I guess I'm going to fight. I'm so like, pissed I think off. There's a lot of pressure yes. there. Yes. I'm so but pissed I off. Think... I want to whoop somebody's behind. Yes. Right. But I think if your contract said, Hey, look, if your fighter misses weight, we don't hold it against you and we pay you X dollars. Yeah, it's going to be way less than if you fought, way less than if you won. Mm -hmm. But at least you'd have that somewhat conscious ability to make a decision and go, okay, but at least I'm going to get 10 grand, right? Or at right. least I'm going to get 15 grand, like at least something. And then, okay, and then you'll book me again or blah, blah, blah. Like however this is going to work out. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's a big problem for fighters and they don't understand what's going to happen next. If right. I say no, is the promotion going to be mad at me? Am I going to get any money? Like what the hell is going to happen here? How about it's a big problem. I'll go worse than you on this one. How about this? They put so much onus and so much controversy on the person who refused to fight, right? A few days later, we still remember Josh Thompson. How many of us actually remember the person he was supposed to fight? I can't remember the person he was supposed to fight anymore because that guy gets a pass. You know, right. and that's not wow, yeah, so I'm getting loud, but it didn't take the fight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, right now, right. off the 100%. top of my head, as, as much as uh, dedicated as, as I am, I can't even remember who Josh was supposed to fight right now. Who was Josh supposed no. to fight? You can't remember either, right? That's that. That's. Do you see how the onus and and, and all the yeah. all the yeah, un, yeah, yeah. all yeah. the undeserved attention goes on the person who actually yeah. did the right thing, whereas integrity where integrity should count yeah. for something beyond monetary gain? Because monetary gain, that's a given. You show yeah. up, yeah. You should get paid. Boom. That's it. So, all right, cool, yeah, man. Wrote, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, just to go back before, because I know we're I know we're running down on time. Um, the, oh. the non-title fights versus title fights. Please. So this is at the time that I did this. This was back in July of 2022, okay? At the time, 
Adesanya had a 43% finishing rate, but when he's champion, only 20% finishing rate. Wow. G GSP went from 67% to 11%. To 11? <laughs> no surprise. Uh, Anderson Silva, 86%, 80%. So he stayed very uh, similar. Now, here's the kicker. This one was like totally blew my stat out of the water. I'd have to erase him if I was a mathematician. Demetrius Johnson, your boy, 0% finishing rate as a non-champion when he's champion, 73%. He's my GOAT. That guy's the GOAT. There he's, you go. He's there's, the guy. There's a great reason to say, holy crap, look at what this guy has accomplished. And then look at what he's gone on to do now still in 1FC. He's still <sighs> kicking ass and, and a hell of a gentleman, a hell of a good guy the, outside the cage. So there The you go. love and respect I had from him made me not say he's the GOAT because I thought it came from a place of bias. Such mm -hmm. heavy bias. No. George St. Pierre is just respect, okay? If not love, respect. But I yeah. love demetrius johnson so much that i thought me just me plugging no. him up and down this whole podcast would have been like okay he's he's a d rider for demetrius and 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 i'm maybe i wear that badge proudly but I, I was trying to be it's weird because i didn't mention him because i was trying to be fair but now it's unfair because i didn't put him in the go conversation <laughs> it, you know what it's so it, it is so funny because um for me uh i didn't even think about him because he's not currently in the ufc right yeah. So holy cow, my bad, but I didn't even really think about but, him. But yeah, that's right. As I pull the stat up and I think mm -hmm. about everything that he's doing now in 1FC and I think about the guy he is and that he's really, he's the guy helping lead the charge of 1FC to dominate the Western market yep. or at least enter the Western market. Yeah, dude, that guy's got to be up there. Man. Also, he's a think, good, good dude. think about all of the complaints that he quelled, right? When he became champion, oh, this guy's a decision right. machine. Boom, first round knockout. Oh, but he, you know, oh, he can't submit anybody. Oh, he just submitted this dude. Oh, he can't, Flying he can't, bars, yeah. right? He can't, oh, he can't like, you know, take someone in the end and then finish him at the end. He finished the dude with one second left. I forgot who yeah. it was. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Horiguchi, right? He finished Horiguchi yeah. 459. So he submitted, he knocked out, he's dominated the whole round. He's dominated he's and submitted at the end. And then he did a move, the flying arm bar that you and I yeah, can rehearse. into the arm bar. Yes, yeah. you and I can rehearse that. All right, all right. This, this, we can try to co-op, cooperatively do it and not do that. All right, well, let's do this. <laughs> you do this and this, and, and we're not yeah. going to hurt each other. You and I, I'm not, yeah. I didn't mean to put us in the same category because you do train with MMA, so respect. Okay. But uh, I, I wanted to convey the humor. <laughs> like we can, it's insane. we can choreograph that <laughs> intentionally, and it won't happen that way. And this you couldn't is not, do it any better, right? No. no. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, favorite weight class for women? You said strawweight. Strawweight's got to be hundred percent. Right. So yeah, that's for both sexes. Actually, yeah. you were thinking. Okay, I actually still like bantamweight. I still like the these big name. I love Juliana Pena, you know yep. Amanda Nunez. I like what Ronda Rousey turned it into. I like how Holly Holly Holm took the thunder. I like Misha Tate yep. down three rounds to one. You, you know came back and submitted a girl who never tapped out. Just just think about the chronology and think about Shevchenko, who was in a division that had yep. these razor close fights with Amanda Nunez. Such an interesting yep. division that put the rest of the divisions on the map. But love me some Thug yep. Rose. Love me some 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 Joanna. Love me some. Uh, yeah. Who's uh, Wiley Zhang Wiley? Yeah, the best fighter. Yep. No one's talking about her English. Yep. Her English is getting better. You know, I know. Yeah, see, better. there you go. There's yeah. an example of it. Yeah, no, like that. That whole division is always so exciting. I think those girls bring on exciting fights, and it's just, it's just an interesting class, you know. Yep. So before we go, 
because I can do this all day. Yeah, <laughs> this is too, I planned my whole day around this. this is This is why when yeah, I was yeah. when I was setting up, because the people don't know watching this, I'm teching my own show today. So the, the patience that this man sat there and watched me set up and like fix the problems I had because I'm not teching my own show. I really I'm I'm eternally grateful because because you did that. This happened, and we're, and this is yeah, just yeah. this is just this is one of my most fun podcasts ever because this is the wheelhouse Thanks, in bro. which because this is the wheelhouse I'm trying to get more involved in my my sport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. my sport has um the players haven't abandoned me like the players like all of the, the olympians or whatever the players always pick up the phone and say yes but the non-inclusiveness what's going on in beach volleyball i'm i'm i feel like i gotta jump off the sinking ship now and they just got oh. purchased and their world championship they just announced that they don't have a location so it's canceled so i'm just like what am i doing what am i doing in this sport that, in, in which these five zip codes don't even care about me but but it's crazy. But I did my part. I'm the most viewed podcast in the sport. I'm, more, go, than second, hey. I'm more than second, third, and fourth place combined. So I, I took it as far as I could go. And I'm going to stay with it because it's like Rogan. Rogan's still going to have comedians. So I'm still going to have volleyball players. But I want to expand the, these things I love. And, and, and it happens to be the things you love. So before yeah. we go, we have one minute of lightning round questions that are inside and outside of the MMA spectrum. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, ready? Um, all right. Favorite comedian? Oh, uh, oh my God. Uh, Jerry D. I go Chappelle. Last good book you read? Um, I'm The Tao of Pooh. Nice. The real Anthony Fauci. Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel. Cool. Uh, pool or beach? Beach. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Lord of the Rings. Me too. Um, bourbon, vodka, or tequila? Uh, or something tequila. else. Nice. I'm vodka. Uh, favorite sport outside of mixed martial arts? Soccer. Uh, I got to go volleyball, though. I love football. Favorite action film star growing up? Uh, Jet Li. Nice. I go Arnold. Arnold. Uh, yeah. Favorite um, conspiracy rabbit hole, if you have one. <laughs> we did not land on the moon. Yeah, there you go. JF Oswald did not act alone. <laughs> uh, so listen, um, bef also before we go, is there a particular Insta handle or a site where people want to know more about your work, the, the fantastic work that, um, that you're doing for mixed martial arts? Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, go check us out if you if you like me at all as a result of this. And thank you for having me on. Go check me out at Fight Insight Podcast. I'm at Fight Insight Podcast on Instagram. Go check out our YouTube. Uh, our podcast is everywhere you get podcasts, and we are happy to be your second favorite podcast behind the Option Podcast. Man, don't we? You listen to the Option first, then go listen to Fight Insight Podcast. But we'd love to have you. It doesn't matter that you don't like MMA. It doesn't matter that you don't follow MMA. We have guests every week. And uh, we talk about just anything. So yeah. uh, you do not have to be a fan of the sport. This actually conversation is far more technical than we ever get. On I, MMA. That was that was the most. Yeah, look, I've listened so, to your podcast. I follow your podcast. Now. Thanks, brother. That's fight and sight, people. So listen, Timothy B might love you, but me, I don't love any of you guys. In fact, I can't stand you. In fact, I'm out of here. All right. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPhones and your iPads, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world, baby? Old school, old school from Fight and Sight podcast. Tim, Timothy B. I'm Jason DeBiss. This is, the, this is episode 186 of the Option Podcast, and we are out of here.
But Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.